Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. For centuries, Bible teachers have recognized the significance of the tabernacle from Exodus and what great relevance it has for us, the New Testament believers, as well as what it meant to the Old Testament children of Israel. To see how the fine details of the tabernacle correspond so closely to many aspects of our enjoyment and experience of Christ and his dwelling place, the church, cannot but increase our awe at the divine wisdom in the word of God. But not many teachers have continued to develop the types in Exodus, such as the priestly garments detailed in chapter 28. Today we come to our ninth Life Study broadcast covering the extraordinary garments worn by the high priest. Bob Danker is with us again today as we begin our consideration of the breastplate, an article of clothing worn exclusively by the high priest as he conducted his service in the Holy of Holies. Wonderful to have you back, Bob. Very good to be back, Chris. Bob, particularly today, we want to look at the stones that were set in the breastplate. We've talked a little bit about the breastplate. Of course, we've been talking about the ephod and Uh, how these are very uh, much connected. In fact, the ephod attached the breastplate to the breast of the high priest. But on this breastplate, 12 stones, each one precious, each one engraved with a name of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Here's the verse from chapter 28 of Exodus, verse 21. And the stones shall be according to the names of the sons of Israel, 12 according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, Each one, according to his name, they shall be for the 12 tribes. We're going to see uh, today, Bob, that there's a lot of significance in all of these aspects, isn't there? There is. So much detail is given here. And as we open to the Lord and come to him, then he is able to show us the spiritual significance of all these details. And this is a great guide and a tremendous help for us in our Christian experience. Yeah, as we're now, you know, well into uh, this life study of Exodus, uh, about two-thirds of the way, the experiential quality of these messages just amazes me day after day. Yes, Chris, these messages are altogether related to our experience. So we're not 
here conducting a, a Bible study just to unveil uh, sort of interesting or fascinating types and what they represent. We're really here in the burden of the minister that offered us all of these uh, these great messages, Witness Lee, to help usher ourselves, our listeners, into a richer and more genuine experience of Christ day by day. All right, let's join Witness Lee for this first portion. You could see 12 stones engraved with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel on the breastplate. They signify all the redeemed people of God, not in a separate way, not in a individualistic way, but in a corporate way. Yes, they are separate, but they are not divided. They are put together. They are incorporated. They are built together to become one entity. And the name of that entity is the breastplate. The Lord bears us in an incorporated way. Twelve pieces, but one entity. On the breast, one entity, which is with twelve single pieces. And all the single pieces are separate. You are you, and I'm I. But we all are not divided. We are separate pieces, but we are not separate. Not like today's Christians. Today's Christians are all separate. Not only separate, all divided. It seems the Lord bears you, individualistic you. But the Lord has only one bearing. He only bears one entity. That is the church. And that is his body. If you have adequate light, you would weep for today's Christians. Twelve tribes. But they are all composed together. All the twelve stones are built into one entity. The breastplate is a building. Hallelujah. Amen. Building with precious stone in gold. Amen. Gold is the cement. All these 12 stones are cemented, so they all become one building. Well, Brother Bob, a verse that we've mentioned so frequently uh, over the course of these uh, Life Study programs, but I couldn't help but think of again in Matthew, where the Lord says in what we believe is the greatest prophecy in the New Testament, at least, perhaps the whole Bible, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Um, how about seeing the breastplate here, Bob, as a type of the building of God? It's marvelous, Chris, really marvelous. All these stones, 12 of them, in a sense they were individual stones, but they were all put together in a marvelous arrangement and held together by the gold on the breastplate. They represent here the builded church, the church that has been built together. You know, one of the great tragedies and difficulties among Christians is that we, I include myself mm-hmm. in this group, we tend to see ourselves as individuals. Right. We tend to see ourselves as uh, those who are individually born on the loving breast of Christ. You know, oh, the Lord bears me on his breast. But this picture shows that the Lord doesn't bear us 
as individual stones. He bears one entity, which is the church that he prophesied that he would build and that he is now building today. And in God's eternal view, it is already built. Nevertheless, it's one entity. One entity. We all have to have our concept, I would say, revolutionized. We are individuals in a sense. You know, I am myself and all Christians are individual believers, but actually in the eyes of the Lord, we are built together as one entity. That one entity is the church, and the church is the body of Christ. Bob, I like how you point us here to um, the Lord's view. You know, each stone was inscribed or engraved with the name of one of the 12 tribes, which means then collectively, as a group, this represented all of God's people. And surely some were in a higher spiritual condition than others. Some may have been in a very, very sad way. But nonetheless, the Lord had all their names inscribed on this breastplate that he wears over his heart, meaning that he sees the church as this corporate entity. And I like some of the language here, a particular utterance that that, uh, Witness Lee used here. He said, the stones were separate, but not separated. Of course, there we do have an individual, you know, person and personality, which the Lord regards and, and takes care of. But he's really desiring, and what's on his heart is this builded, this corporate, this incorporated body of his people. That's right, Chris. Um, if we view ourselves as individuals, then we are so free. We're very free to do what we feel is right. And down through the centuries, this has led to division upon division among Mm. the Lord's children. It's altogether related to our view. We must see ourselves not as individuals, but as members of the body of Christ, one entity that should not be and cannot be divided Well, that's the Lord's uh, view. It was his prayer in John. It was uh, prophesied that one day it would even be the reality among his people, uh, at least prior to his coming back, it seems. So let's carry on. Bob, we're going to want to look now. These stones uh, were all different types of stones, uh, but they did have something very marvelous in common, and that is that they were all precious. Let's find out about the precious stones in this coming portion. Precious stones signify transformation of human nature by and with divine nature. Precious stones were not originally created by God. They were dust. They were some other minerals. They were not precious stones. It took a long time. The dust, some minerals, transfer into some stones so precious. They are precious stones which were uh, something transformed into the precious stones. Like what? Like some wood under the water. Then it could be petrified. That is transformed. And the water washes away its natural elements. And the same washing water 
brings in some other minerals. And gradually, that piece of stone has transformed into a piece of precious stone. This transformation, the Christian living, you have to realize, every day is the process of transformation. We were just dust. The Bible told us we were made with dust. But one day, the heavenly mineral with the heavenly flow came into our being. That is the water of the divine life. That is the water of the divine spirit. It came in to begin the washing work. All the day long, every day, washes away our natural life. This flow, this current of the divine life brings in heavenly divine minerals into our being. So day after day, we are living a life of transformation. We all are here. You believe me. We all are here under God's transformation. Bob, I find this a particularly interesting notion. Precious stones are not created. They're produced. They're formed. Um, one example we've used in the past, it's not in this particular program, and maybe worthy still of mention, is even a diamond. You know, what I think many, many people consider the most precious. That starts out just a black lump of coal. But under extreme pressure and extreme heat over a long period of time, something happens. It's transformed into something precious. Now, the example that we're using today is also marvelous, and that is this matter of petrified wood. And that picture, maybe you can say something more on this. Yes, Chris, this is a very good illustration of transformation. Here you have a piece of wood, but this wood finds itself located in a stream of water, and it stays there perhaps for hundreds of years, Mm. for a very long time. And that water just flows over and into that wood, and a process takes place, a gradual and slow process in which the minerals in the water replace the element of wood in that piece of wood, and although the wood retains the shape that it formerly had, it is reconstituted, we could say. It has a different constitution. It's reconstituted with the minerals from the flowing water Mm. that it remains in for many, many, many years. This is a picture of our transformation. God wants to transform us. He created us out of dust. Right. We see it in Genesis chapter 2, right? Sure. Our body was formed from the dust, dust of the of ground. The ground. Right. But he wants to transform our entire being from something created to something that uh, has a divine constitution. Something of his divinity is constituted into our humanity. Uh, Brother used the expression divine minerals or heavenly minerals. So when the Holy Spirit enters into us, he comes into us as the flowing water of life. And as we enjoy this flowing river of water of life day after day, some divine heavenly minerals are brought into our being. And some of the old 
uh, element of our natural life is discharged, eliminated, and replaced with his divine uh, heavenly elements. So uh, this is a picture of the process we are in. Just as petrification requires a process, so transformation requires a process. It's a process by which our constitution is changed gradually. And Witness Lee says here, this describes what the Christian living should be. From the day that we are saved until the day we either die or the Lord returns, we need to realize that we need a Christian life that is in the process of transformation. If we neglect the matter of transformation, then this experience which God wants us to have will not take place. So we need to pay our full attention to the matter of transformation as long as we're living on this earth, the Christian life. I really appreciate Witness Lee's reminding us of this so that we will not neglect it. Right. Uh, I'm afraid that it is neglected by many believers today who don't realize that God wants to metabolically transform their inner being. And so this matter has been neglected, neglected among God's children, but... I thank the Lord for this ministry that, again, brings this into our attention and our consciousness that we need to give ourselves to the Lord that every day will bring about in us a little more transformation. You know, Bob, there's nothing that that piece of wood can do to affect this change on itself. There's no amount of uh, instruction or motivation or 12 steps or whatever the only hope that piece of wood has to endure, survive beyond the normal lifespan of a fallen tree is to land in that water and stay there over an extended period of time so that the natural element is washed away but replaced by something mineral or, in the analogy, divine. And I like this particular example of transformation so much because the cellular structure, the appearance of the tree actually stays the same. That means even in our lifetimes, this process can go on. Even to our spouse or our coworkers or our neighbors, we may look the same. In fact, maybe we look worse because we're aging, but inwardly the element is changing. And when they touch us, I mean, you know, in a, in a real way, they're touching something else. They're, they're touching something that wasn't there before. That's right. Uh, we become precious. <laughs> Precious stones. Precious stones. Okay, we want to go to the third section today. Now we're going to look at how these 12 stones actually are even arranged on the breastplate, and we'll find out it, too, has great significance. In the book of Revelation, in the first page, the number you have is seven. Seven lampstands, seven stars, seven churches, seven Cities, seven, seven, seven. Not only so, through all the chapters, all the way, you have the number seven. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bulls, seven days, seven then. All the number is seven. Seven is through the entire book. But to the end of the book, you have a sainty. Full of the number 12. Seven is that the triune God three added to his creature, man. Number four. It's addition. It's not a multiplication. 
That is just joining. That is not mingling. The Bible eventually tells us not just an union, joining, but mingling. It is not three added to four, but three mingled with four. And this is not addition, this is multiplication. So eventually, we will not be number seven. Today we are. Eventually, we will be number 12. You think this is something accidental? That here you have 12 on the breastplate as the number in the New Jerusalem? No. This is all planned by God in eternity. God planned in eternity to have something as the number 12. What the number 12 signifies, it signifies the triune God mingled with his creatures. In man's eyes, the church today, or the churches today, are seven. But in God's eyes, the churches are number 12. God has only an eternal eye. With God, there's not the matter of time. So some teacher did say that in the heavens with God, there's no clock. There's only eternity. From eternity through eternity. So, in the eyes of God, the church is 12. And what Christ bears in his heart, on his breast, is the eternal church. Not the Temperatures, not the presenters. And this church, the eternal church, is absolutely a mingling of the divinity with humanity. Bob, looking at the clock, I'm glad we have uh, adequate time here. This is a crucial, crucial subject. You know, I, I don't think uh, it's saying too much. In the early years in Witness Lee's ministry, when he began to bring forth this matter of mingling, God and men being mingled, there was a tremendous amount of opposition because there was a tremendous amount of misunderstanding of what he meant and what he didn't mean. Of course, if you read his ministry with any degree of care, you realize he was very proper in his understanding and in, even in his utterance. But nonetheless, it was very misunderstood and the source of uh, even some controversy. Over the years, of course, he's been gone now for many years with the Lord. It's very interesting to me. This matter is starting to become a topic of study, of investigation, not from a critical point of view, but it's many now are looking into this as perhaps something that we've overlooked and missed. Well, let's talk about mingling and how it's depicted, of course, in this type, but also just in principle, because it's a crucial part of this ministry. It really is, Chris. You know, here in uh, the book of Revelation, as Witness Lee pointed out, we have two numbers, the number 7 and the number 12. The number 7 and number 12 are both composed of 3 and 4. Right. Only the number 7 is composed of 3 and 4 added. And this number is used to describe things in time, in the realm of time, such as the seven churches, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, all these take place in time. But when we get to the New Jerusalem, the number changes from seven to 12, and 12 is four times three. 
Right. So we know in the Bible, three represents the triune God, mm-hmm. and four represents the creatures, because you have the four corners of the earth and the four winds that are uh, found in the Bible. And man is the number one creature. So when you have four and three, you have somehow a relationship between the triune God and his creature man. The number seven shows God and man added together or joined, let's say. But the number 12, in the proper understanding, it depicts God and man mingled together. Now, mingling is more than just a joining. It is a combining of two elements in such a way that they are in each other. God is in man, and man is in God. They're inseparable. They become inseparable. Yet, they do not lose their distinction. Right. God is not changed. Neither is man changed into something that's not human. Right. But the two are not merely united, but they're combined. They interpenetrate one another. They dwell in each other, and they become inseparable. So this is the real meaning of mingling. It doesn't mean that God is transmuted into something else and man becomes other than human. It means that these two, God and man, are combined together in an inseparable way uh, in which they two dwell in each other. This is marvelous, and this is what the New Testament reveals. It does, and witnessly uh, like this word mingling, despite the opposition, uh, because it's a biblical term, and the type yes. that he drew it from in Leviticus two four is that of the meal offering composed of the fine flour, representing the humanity of Christ, mingled with the pure olive oil, representing the divinity of God. There was God and man mingled together to produce the real meal offering, which is Christ. So there is a proper way to understand this term. There's also the possibility of error in in the centuries that has taken place, but it's not present in this understanding. So I would just close today, Bob, by inviting our listeners who may be still struggling with this term, maybe not quite sure. Uh, There's marvelous resources available at Living Stream uh, that that will really open this up. And uh, so as we always do, the listeners will get the information now about how they can reach us and take advantage of these uh, resources. Anyway, Bob, wonderful program again, and I look forward to our next time together. Yes, Chris, I also look forward to joining you again. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. 
Thanks for listening.